show you how to use pumpkin spice pronouns and sentences, so let's go. And some people be like, oh, that's breaking the language. Well, bitch, no shade. It wasn't fitting for us anyway. It's the fact that we are in stage seven of genocide in America for trans people. Your reaction is, yeah, but I mean, why? See it from their perspective. Oh, Hey everybody, I'm Brad Palumbo and welcome back to the Damage Control Podcast where we're reclaiming the LGBT community from the insane leftists who've taken it over. My guest today is the one and only Blair White and we dive into some crazy examples of extreme transgender activism and of course some woke LGBT TikToks. This is going to be one you don't want to miss so if you're new here consider subscribing, liking, commenting, yada yada yada. Without further ado, let's get into it. Blair, thanks so much for coming back on the podcast. Thanks for having me. I always love coming on. Love your channel. Always a fun time. Thanks. You kind of paved the way for us other, you know, right of center LGBT YouTubers. Like, I'm getting close to the silver play button. But like when you started, Thank you. there was no one. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? It feels really good that there are so many people now, you know, Um and, and granted, we're still vastly outnumbered by the other side, but, you know, it's not really about numbers is what I've learned. It's just about the truth and just being rational. And, like, people respond to that even when they only get a drop of it. So, like, the reason why I've been able to do what I do for so long is because even though for a while I was, like, one of the only people, it's like it went so far in people's minds and hearts because it just made sense. So even like a few more of us coming out just amplifies it by a million so people like you and you know there was an lgbt jubilee yep. um like gay conservative versus liberal debate there was a bunch of you know gay men on there representing for the other side and that's just really cool to see mm -hmm. yeah it is and you just mentioned jubilee so i have to briefly ask you are you fully recovered from your insane debate on jubilee the trans liberals versus trans conservatives episode because I, I've watched Jubilee. I've done a lot of Jubilee relax, reactions. That was the craziest one I've ever seen and the most unprofessional, especially towards you, I've ever seen them get. Yeah, it's really crazy. You know, my feelings about it have changed the more time goes on. Like initially when I left it, there was a part of me that felt like when I was like literally leaving the studio and getting to my hotel room, you know, I had posted to my audience like really intense debate coming and part of me rationalized it as just a normal debate because I am used to some pretty heated debates. But then as I was kind of thinking about it more and more as time went on, I'm like, wait, there was so much like a of a setup going on, <laughs> like not to be dramatic, but it's like I was literally in like a warehouse. It felt like an Italian like mob, like butt, like hit or something like in a warehouse with like Pennywise. And like it was just weird. <laughs> um, so it was it was it was a lot. But. At the end of the day, I do feel like I came out on top of the situation, and so did my side of the debate. So at this point, it's just about letting go and letting God and uh, moving on. You know, it was intense, but I think that the win of it was, you know, no longer um, can people say, kind of what you mentioned at the start of the episode today was how there are more of us now, LGBT in general, people on the right or even just making sense. Um, that really showed it in a literal form, right? It's four on my side, four on that side. So even though, you know, they focused so much on me that it really took the air out of the other people, just them being there was proof in and of itself that like, all right, even if you still hate Blair White, you can no longer say she's just some 
weird clown speaking into a vacuum by herself. There are three other just in this shot. So because of that, there must be a lot more. So that was a success for me, in my opinion. So I guess I, I wonder, it's been a yeah. while since we last talked and a lot has happened. Do you think things are getting worse? Like, do you think the trans activism is getting more out of control or do you think it's starting to maybe simmer down a little bit? Um, well, part of it is, you know, there's so much going on in terms of the world, obviously the Israeli conflict and, you know, so many big things that sort of the social, social, cultural stuff does sort of die down just a little bit with that. But I don't think it's gotten any more rational, I will say that, so in terms of trans activism. And I think everyone saw that, you know, in that debate. It's like a literal person dressed as a clown. It's like, it doesn't get more insane. Um, I think that there's just more focus on worldly events right now. However, you know, their tactics are just as awful. Um, and I think that we are turning a tide in terms of less and less people are tolerating it. You know, it's it's hitting people a different way the longer it goes on, the more it affects their actual lives, you know, the more they maybe are in workplace situations with these types of activists. Um, you know, that's a big thing. I'm so removed from sort of normal, like, work culture because I've kind of always been doing what I do now. Um, but I have a lot of people that reach out all the time and people come to me in real life and are like, you know, I always was very tolerant of LGBT people until I started, you know, working with and some of them hiring these like woke LGBT activists that come in and, you know, they act like they're the CEO and it really puts a bad taste in your mouth. So I think that a lot more people are being exposed to them in real life, which there was a time when people talked, said that the things that you and I criticize were just like online things. It's like, no, it does bleed into real life. Um, so I think that changes a lot too, as far as the tides. So you mentioned Israel-Palestine, and look, I'm not a foreign policy expert or scholar, and neither Same. are you. Um, and I am not somebody who thinks either side is, like, perfect in the conflict. Like, I don't. Um, but I will say I've always leaned more towards Israel, in part just for the reason that they are, while they've done messed up things, they are a somewhat liberal democracy with free speech, with basic right. gay rights, some of the biggest gay pride parades in the world. And on the other hand, you have Hamas <laughs> pushing the gays off the building. And then right. in uh, the West Bank, under the Palestinian Authority, that's not the death penalty, but it is criminalized. And then most of the population of Palestine, unfortunately, does support that if you look at opinion polling. So it's been, I want to get your reaction to this viral video of this comedian um, who called out the insane contradiction that is queers for Palestine, which in the current context kind of is not just about the Palestinian people. Some of them are like queers for Hamas. I think it's a little ironic that the people who seem to be defending Hamas online are also the ones they'd be most likely to kill. Oh, no, no. I'm sure the Islamic terrorists would love you, queer intellectual feminist. We're freedom fighters. They're fighting for their land and I'm fighting for my right to purple hair. What the f it's like a girl in a really toxic relationship. I know you don't like him because he kidnaps and murders people, but trust me, when I'm alone with him, he is such a sweetheart. I'm sorry, if your reaction to people being slaughtered, beheaded, raped, and burned alive isn't complete and utter disgust and horror, if your reaction is, yeah, but I mean, why? See it from their perspective. 
you need to get your head checked, okay? I'm sure Jeffrey Dahmer had a rough childhood. That doesn't mean I empathize with him. If you want to free Palestine, free Palestine from Hamas. Hello. Um, so first of all, to reiterate that I am far from a foreign uh, policy expert. In fact, I am quite literally so America first that that's really most of what I care about. So even if this was between like Australia and like New Zealand, I'd be like, what's going on? But I will say, um, you know, I made a tweet yesterday kind of about this situation and about this, the word Islamophobia. And what I said was, I have an issue with the phrase Islamophobia, because first of all, it infers that a fear of Islam is in any way irrational, which it's actually a survival mechanism for anyone, but specifically, you know, for as us. a person, or us specifically. And there is also something we said about, um, you know, even framing what's going on over there through the lens of like, who's better for LGBT, because it is actually way bigger than that. But it is the important point to make, which is, you know, women and LGBT people, you know, it's, it's a survival instinct to be Islamophobic. And that has nothing to do with not treating individual Muslims with the respect, human dignity and decency that every person deserves. You know, I treat everyone like a blank slate, even people who subscribe to religions that are anti me, because you can find anti me passages in, you know, the Bible as well. But the difference is, you know, Christians and Christian countries have by and large abandoned that sort of barbarism towards those groups that their religion instructs them to have a long time ago, right? So that is the difference. Um, and so what I do know is it's very sad that this sort of hatred and what's happening over there does bleed into our society and our culture, you know, the same way that I see, you know, a lot of my Jewish friends and people on social media posting and are legitimately like scared, you know, and and also um, posting that they've had weird run-ins with people who are treating them badly. And that's also not to take away from the fact that I also see people who are Muslim or even perceived to be Muslim that are reporting that they're facing hostility now as well in L.A., in New York, etc. That's really sad, you know. And because I'm not a foreign policy expert, I think that the most important thing I can say is I just want this entire conflict to be resolved I know it sounds like a fairy tale, and it probably is, but to be resolved in a way that the least amount of harm from here going forward is inflicted. I know that already so much has been done, but I want, I just wish it could be ended in a way that cuts that out very soon. Yeah, no, I, and I completely agree with you about the, the part, right? I've been seeing like, there's this horrible story about this young Muslim child who was killed. Um, it is so wrong to like treat people harshly because of your assumed religion or race or anything but it's not wrong to criticize or even judge ideas and beliefs associated with one religion like that is fine to do a religion is not like somebody's skin color which you should never criticize them for it's not their fault and there's nothing wrong with it it's a set of beliefs people choose to hold and whether that's orthodox christianity or it's islam you should be able to criticize an ideology because when you can't criticize an ideology, when you're not allowed to, that's usually not a good sign. Right. And, you know, this is where, you know, the poindexters in the comments will probably jump in and say, well, why don't you have that same energy for Christianity? And it's kind of like, well, why would I give them the same energy? It's not as if the real world effects in Christian countries or countries that are predominantly Christian 
is the same as when Islam is codified into law. There's a reason why I can't legally travel to 99% of Islamic countries without fear of being placed in prison or worse. So I would have that same energy if they gave me that same energy, but they don't, you know, and it's not to say that there aren't passages again in the Bible that are, you know, worth critiquing because they may be, you know, used to enact bad things in the world. That's, that's a given. But when the number of people who take it literally is so far beneath in one of the, one of the other religions, it's like, I don't understand the, the whataboutism with that, you know? And, uh, there's things that people criticize so easily as far as leftists that are so much less of a fair criticism to make than someone's religion. That is literally a set of ideas. I know that they hold it very deeply. You know, there are Christians I know that they get very offended if you speak on their religion. And so I don't in a negative way. Because I also don't really have many negative feelings towards Christianity as a whole. Um, but if I did, you know, I wouldn't say it around them because I don't want to have a conflict. But the ideas are 100% critiquable. That's a given. And uh, yeah, I think the big difference you hinted at there too is the difference between theocracy and just religious beliefs. So it's like in many of these Muslim majority countries, it's not just their religion, it's imposed through the law. Whereas in a place like yes. the United States, some Christians might believe you know, that our lifestyles are sinful or whatever. Um, but as long as they're not trying to impose that through the law, I don't have that much of a beef with them, really. Like, you live your life, I live my life. Whereas in other countries, that's very much what they are trying to do. And that's why it's so important and totally fair to attack their beliefs for it. 100%. And, you know, I've never had any real issues in my life with any individual Muslims, which is why I'm always going to, you know, leave that nuance open in my own heart and mind and say I will never treat any individual as though they are the lump sum of you know an ideology especially when that ideology you know mostly only has that negative impact a COA um, but I, I can't ignore that when it is codified into law exactly what you said it's not just having the religion it's when it's the law it's it's a bad thing and then there's what the Poindexters will also say in the comments. Well, you know, we have, you know, laws in the U.S. that are definitely, you know, Christian inspired or directly from the Bible. It's like, OK, but most of those are things that are, you know, found in every religion, like do not kill, do not steal, et cetera. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is those laws that really, really restrict people's freedoms or instruct people to harm people based on who they are. We don't have those. And even in the states where a few are on the books still, just by virtue of them being old, like I'm pretty sure in Texas, there's still like a sodomy law that is not enforced because it's so old. And like, who's going to enforce that? We literally just don't enforce them. So Christians, by and large, have abandoned all of that stuff and have for a while. Um, so, yeah, I want to shift gears and get your thoughts on something kind of crazy I saw circulating online. And I actually tr I, I tracked down the original video. So a person on Twitter uh, reports that this was shown in a fourth and fifth grade classroom in uh, okay. the Superior School District of Wisconsin. And I, they actually posted a screenshot of it as a part of the curriculum. I'm not able to independently verify whether that really happened, uh, but I was able to track down where this video came from. And it's actually from the Canadian Broadcasting Company, 
uh, CBC and their kids division, they put out this little handy lesson on gender ideology and gender identity. Uh, take a look and a listen to this. Aww. Hi, baby. Are you a boy or a girl? Funny you should ask, Sid. One of the first things they check when a new baby is born is what kind of body parts they have. They do that to determine a baby's sex. Most of the time, it's easy to determine, and sometimes it's more complicated. This one has a penis. It's a boy! This one has a vulva. It's a girl! Congratulations! Whoa! Let's hit the brakes, people. The way your body looks on the outside is only part of the story. Huh? What? <sighs> Stay with me, gang. This is important. Hi, little one. Your sex refers to your physical body parts, remember? But there is also something called gender, which is how you feel inside your body and who you know yourself to be. And your gender, how you feel on the inside, doesn't always match the sex you were called when you were born. Okay. Let's say you were born with a penis and you feel like a boy inside. In that case, your sex and your gender match. But what if you were born with a penis and you know you're a girl inside, <laughs> not a boy? Then your sex and your gender don't match. Wait, what does know you're a girl inside mean anyway? Does that mean you have to love pink things and princesses? Nope. Sometimes people refer to things as girl things and boy things, but this is just how people sometimes classify things, usually to make it easier to sell stuff to kids and their parents. Clothes, toys, and games are for everyone. You don't have to be a boy or a girl to like a certain thing. Sid, has anyone ever told you that you shouldn't play with something or wear something because you're a boy? Well, yes. The body parts you were born with don't always dictate who you are, how you feel, or what you like to play with. Ah, that's such a relief. Gender, how you feel and who you know yourself to be, tells you who you are. And there are a whole bunch of possibilities. Figuring out what feels right for you is just part of growing up. <laughs> Bye, little cutie. Um, you might want to change that diaper sooner than later. <sighs> wow. <laughs> Amazing. I mean... Almost every statement in there was either some form of a direct lie, a delusion, or a manipulation tactic. I mean, that was... Okay. So first of all, it's amazing that they say, you know, what they said about how... Does that mean they like pink and girl things? No, because you can like... But those are the exact things that they will jump to when their child, you know, is that way to transition them. It's like when you listen to any parent of these you know, kids who they transition, those are always almost the only things they list is, well, she always liked dresses as a kid. Well, she always liked the color pink. It's like, you can't have it both ways. The second thing is, it, it's interesting how there's no mention of the word intersex within that. So if you are going to make any form of, you know, educational content about how, you know, penis the doctor looks at, that means boy and, you know, vulva or whatever, girl, it's like, Okay, so we're on to something there. But then you say that only tells half the story and then you go into all this BS. What you really should have went into was that sometimes you can have a condition called intersex, which is a medical condition that a small number of people are born with that will lead to having, you know, internal organs that are sometimes not correspondent. And that that doesn't make you a different gender. It makes you 
someone who has this condition. So I love how the whole point of this video is this like woke child correcting the doctors. <laughs> um, but I also look, I think this would be confusing for a child. And if oh, 99 plus percent of the time, whatever, the boys are the boys and the girls are the girls. And in the rare exception cases, whether like it's intersex or you mentioned, or somebody who will grow up to have gender dysphoria, they don't need that idea planted in their head in their fourth grade classroom through through cartoons, right? They will figure that out and come to you. I genuinely don't understand the purpose of this kind of confusing and deeply ideological material being presented to young kids, which is clearly who it's de des designed for. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what you just said. I feel like there was a time where people in America had too much resistance and closed offness in their mindset toward if their kid ever came to them, you know, once they went through puberty or whatever and said that there was something different about them, whether it means they're gay or they're struggling with feeling like, you know, there's issues with their gender. And we went straight from that to not a place of openness and, you know, reception to kids coming forward and saying these things, but implanting it in their mind, right? So it's like, that's completely different than coming from a place of, you know, I'm a parent, just had a kid. And if I fast forward to, you know, 13, 14, 15 years from now, and they come forward to me and they're confused with something or they want to tell me something, I will be receptive. I will be open. I'll be loving about it and help them through it. That's completely different than by the time they're in fourth grade, we're going to be showing them content that actually implants these ideas in their brain. And that is something that, just like you said, no one had to tell me I'm trans. No one had to implant that in my head. I'm sure it goes without saying no one had to tell you you were gay or implant that in your head. And that's the case for all of us, actually. It's the ones who now are transitioning or, you know, identifying anywhere within the LGBT acronym that are, you know, not actually that because they're being gaslit into thinking they are um, and it's often like I said for things like liking pink as a girl when that could just mean you're an effeminate gay man so stop putting things in kids heads be open to them coming to you and help them through things if is worst case scenario so how would you feel if you were a Canadian and your tax dollars uh, funded that fun little commercial for kids <laughs> well I'll let you know if I get to even worrying about that after I worry about why my tax dollars will be going to the medical suicide program. You know, the one where they kill poor people and people who experience depression and trans issues, by the way. You go to them and say you're experiencing gender dysphoria and you can't afford a transition. They, they, there are stories of them offering that suicide, that medical suicide to people like that. So, I mean, at this point, you got to go through so much other stuff to even think about this with the Canadians. But, you know, again, it's like, that's a Canadian video, but stuff like that's getting shown here too. So it's really, it's really messed up. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I will say uh, you are banned from TikTok, but I am not. And I have yeah. uh, subscribed to all the woke people that you can find, all the libbed out accounts. And so I, every now when I do this podcast, I often will react to some of this content and I'm going to make you do it. And the ones I have um, particularly apply to trans or also your fave, which is non-binary. <laughs> so uh, let's take a look at a couple of these videos. 
So today I'm going to show you how to use pumpkin spice pronouns in sentences. So let's go. Pumpkin spice pronouns. Oh my goodness. I love pumpkin spice so much. Azul, do you like pumpkin spice? No. <laughs> I love pumpkin spice. Exactly. And if you're like, pumpkin spice pronouns, what are you talking about? This lady is crazy. Well, first of all, I'm not a lady. It's better not to assume somebody's gender, but I understand why you would because we've been conditioned to do so, right? I do like to use the pronoun gal. I do like to call my wife my wife, but that does not mean that we like other terms. Anyway, what are neo pronouns? Well, here's a little definition that I hope can help in some type of way. I hope to help, but remember, even if it doesn't, you do not need to understand something in order to respect it. And that is the most important lesson I think I've ever learned in my life. But anyway, here's how to use pumpkin spice pronouns and sentences. Oh, oh wait, it's not pumpkin spice together. So it'd be like a separation. So you can either use wait, pumpkin or spice pronouns. It would look like this in two different categories. You can use either set. Sometimes it depends on the day. Sometimes you're just trying things out. Sometimes it just works together and you just, that's what you want. But the person will let you know, I promise. So don't worry about it. Pumpkin inspires me every day. Spice loves and accepts every bit of Spice's queerness. I actually love that. That, that sounds so cute. Okay. Um. Okay. Where do we begin? I mean, <laughs> it's amazing how anyone wonders why. You know, I often get this criticism, and I know you do too. Why do you focus so much on the leftists when conservatives say this and that? Nothing, no one could demean what trans really is more than that one. And people like her who wake up, rub the crust out of their eyes and say, what do I want to make a video about today? I'm going to invent that there is a single person on the planet who uses pumpkin spice pronouns. And then I'm going to make a video with a disturbing amount of things to say about that, right? Like <laughs> the fact that she kept going on so long was actually shocking. I, I was like, how can you even more. say I this just shut it off. There was more. I know. I was like, how do you have this much to say about something you invented five minutes ago in your head? And like, it's just like, again, nothing could demean what trans really is more than that. You could literally have, we could be reacting to hateful conservative TikToks. That's a segment. We could do that. And nothing would make me feel more demeaned than that. I mean, not really on a personal level. She's not really hitting me, but you know what I'm trying to say. It's like, wow. Yeah, I uh, I have a couple thoughts, but one, I think she just ruined Starbucks for me um, as hey. I sip out of my Starbucks cup. Like, this person is not helping. And, and there are so many people like this person on TikTok. I don't even know that they think they're helping because they're just like creating fodder for people who are anti-LGBT to lump us in with. And then be like, look, these people are all crazy. And it's like, most of us actually aren't. Even the TikTok comments regularly roast this girl to the point where she turns off comments. But these That's videos an accomplishment. Get... Yes, when you lose TikTok, when you're so woke, you lose the support of the TikTok commentators. You've gone so far that we don't even have a map for you at that point. Um, yeah. And, 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 you know, I reacted to her before on my podcast and it's like, so she said that, you know, I don't ha I don't go by she, her. I know you could look at me and think that, and I understand that, but, and it's like, I don't think you do understand that. I actually don't think you understand how pronouns work at all. I actually don't understand, I don't, I don't think that you understand that 99.9% .9 of people don't put 
a one thousandth of the amount of thought that you do into it to be able to even come up with all this stuff. And in fact, even more extreme than that, they put zero thought into it. It is a subconscious, you know, phrase he or she that we use. So you're on the wrong side of just like real life. It's like insane. Yeah. I mean, this is the same person who had that meltdown, if you remember. Um, yeah. So they're not the most stable, um, but it is the neo pronoun thing is is an entire concept where they literally argue that you can use any inanimate object as a pronoun. And I'm like, are you just trying to destroy our language? Like that doesn't even make sense. And it's again, it's like when you present people with this proposition, because uh, it really shouldn't be. But unfortunately, it's often like, do you support LGBTQ plus or not? Right. It's like black or white. And in reality, there's shades of gray. There's nuances. You can support some things, but not other things. You could think some things go too far. But a lot of people are black and white thinkers. They're all or nothing. And when yeah. this is the kind of thing they encounter, they're going to go for the nothing. And to be honest, it's sometimes hard to blame them. Oh, yeah. And like I was saying, so earlier we talked about how, um, you know, it's people in the workplace that really are kind of steering the movement in a lot of ways against a lot of this because they're having to interact with people like this because make no mistake, she has this frilly music playing and she's like, you know, by all accounts, you know, beyond that psychobabble and beyond that just sort of serial killer demeanor, there is a nice girl clearly there. She's smiling and she maybe she feels that she is helping someone, but make no mistake, she will be the first person to go to HR and say you are misgendering her and need to be fired immediately and caused her emotional distress because you didn't call her a pumpkin spice latte. So people have to put up with this stuff in real life. So to you and I, we can laugh and it seems serious and it is funny. But to people who have to work with that, which is a lot of people now in today's age, that's that person could ruin their life, you know? So that actually brings me into the next TikTok I have for you because... Some people are refusing to do their jobs if they get misgendered once. I got misgendered at work on Wednesday um, by someone that has been corrected before and it just hit me hard. I was three hours into my um, long shift. I don't even remember how long it was, maybe eight hours, my eight hour shift. Um, I immediately was like, no, I need to leave. So I left, I went home. Um, and since then I have been spiraling which is not a fun thing to be dealing with when you are a broke person living in New York City and need to pay rent. So I'm getting ready to go to work right now, go to my other job. Um, I called out last night and I'm having to talk myself into showing up today. And I, to all of my trans friends, to all of my trans followers, to any trans person that stumbles upon this video, I love you so much. I love you so, so much. I know how much this hurts. Um, I think for a second I got too comfortable and I forgot how much this hurts me and I lost my usual coping skills. And so that's what I'm trying to work on now. I thankfully have people in my corner that are helping, but um, it's hard to get help when your instinct is to cut everyone off and refuse help. So to my trans friends, to all of the trans people watching this, I love you, I love you so much. To all of the cis people watching this, watch yourself. Check yourself. To her. <laughs> and I said her because first of all, going back to that subconscious, like people say what makes sense, no one in their right mind would ever look at that person and say anything but she, because first of all, you're doing a video. You're doing the most female coded video I've ever seen. You're in the mirror primping yourself 
doing all these feminine like mannerisms. And then second of all, how broke are you if you left work because you heard a word you didn't like, you called in the next day, and then today you're considering pushing yourself to go to work. You can't be that broke, right? And you know she's a liar because she said, ever since I was misgendered, I've been spiraling. She said it with a smile. People can rewind it if they want. She's smiling about it. That's her real self because she was very excited to hop up on camera and complain about this for clout and views. This is actually the best thing that's happened to her in a while. Yeah. I, mean, I do believe she's depressed. I do feel bad for her a little bit on that part. I mean, yeah, mental health is no joke, but some of this is ridiculous. I mean, I, I laughed at the part where she was like, my long shift, my eight hour shift. I'm like, so babe, you mean a normal shift? <laughs> like, you mean a nine to five? <laughs> that's like that the you are so willing to give up by because you heard a word, so you're just leaving. Well, that that's a the thing that five? bothers me about this is like the lack of emotional resilience of of even like a six year old, not even a toddler. I almost said toddler, but like that's not even quite right. Like you you lack even the basic emotional resilience of a toddler, and then it's so um kind of offensive because the actual trans people that I know have been through shit, have been through hell and back. And so the idea that they would melt down and leave work because somebody didn't use the pronoun. And look, I use people's pronouns. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to be a jerk to people. And if someone was trying to be a jerk, that sucks. But the idea that you would melt down and leave your job over someone else's word choice makes you look like an enormous snowflake. When in reality, most actual trans people are very thick skinned because they've been through it and back. 100% and we're so similar Brad because I was going to make that exact point it's like that's how you know that she's not really trans because when you are really trans there is a certain resilience you have right and it's like even if you're a trans person who you know I don't experience getting misgendered in the wild you know people on Twitter and stuff of course say whatever they want about me and, and many of those words used for me are heat because people think it's funny or they want to be aggressive or whatever and that's fine um, but in real life it doesn't happen to me but, you know, so obviously there are trans people who it does happen to them all the time. And if you are that type of trans person who is misgendered, even though you're making an effort, you do grow a resilience to it. You do grow a shell to it. And even if it stings a little bit, at a certain point, you're not on camera spy like smiling about it. I was spiraling. That's how you know she's a liar. And then it's about her ego and that narcissist bone in her getting tickled. That's what that's all it is. Yeah. I mean, like, even as a gay person, like, I've mostly had it okay but i've been chased by a homeless person screaming the f slur at me like in the streets of dc and so you think i'm gonna get mad because somebody like assumed i had a wife or assumed i had a girlfriend like that's the equivalent it's like oh i meet someone at work i tell them oh yeah my partner and i went here and so and they're like oh what does she do or something and i'd be like oh actually he's a doctor right and then i move on with my day if i was her i'd be like traumatized posting up on tiktok like had to leave my job today had to I had to turn off Twitter. Someone assumed I had a wife. Had to call up my therapist for extra hours. Like, like that's literally where they're at. <laughs> and you definitely wouldn't say, "I'm spiraling." <laughs> like, that's ridiculous. If you were really spiraling, you'd be looking like it. But you're so pumped to film that damn video, and you're perfecting your look in the camera. It's like, how much narcissism can you even point to in the video? All right. So the next one I want to get your thoughts on. Have you heard about this whole like Roman Empire thing? 
Yeah, yeah. And you know what's so funny is every LGBT person that I know has been in my DM saying that Jubilee debate I did is their Roman Empire. That's funny. That's actually funny. Mine too. Yeah. Um, but this person's Roman Empire is is pretty interesting. So take a listen to this. Do you want to know the trans version of the Roman Empire? It's the fact that we are in stage seven of genocide in America for trans people. This is so offensive to actual you victims know, of genocide in the world. I just came so close to pulling a blossom and saying something violent about that person and what I maybe wanted to do or not do in that moment. How dare you? In this moment, speaking of moments, this worldly moment, just like, and are there seven stages of genocide or is like a point when genocide is happening and when it's not, right? Are there stages of, you know, intense politics? Sure, but I'm pretty sure you're in a whole different paradigm and universe once that genocide starts. There's a there's a end point and a start point to that and it's not seven stages for it. How dare you? That was disgusting. Yeah, it's um it's rough and it's it just discredits it because it's like I have actually looked into the data on this and transgender people are not more likely to be murdered. Um no. and but they constantly talk about this like epidemic of trans murders and anybody being murdered is sad. And when it happens to a trans person, it's just as sad as when it happens to anybody else. But it's like, I, I, I hate this fear porn narrative because I'm imagining a lot of like LGBT young people watching these creators on TikTok and like thinking the world is a much scarier and nastier place for them than it actually is. And I don't want them to have the wrong impression and live their lives in fear like that. Yeah. And this is, I did a, um episode of Tim Cast the other day. And one of the things that I made a point to say in there, we were talking about how there is this inherent pessimism among leftists, this inherent, like the world is doomed. You see it with how they worship climate change. Um, and you know how I was raised as someone in the California school system to believe my entire childhood, that there was an expiration date on the world and the planet and the health of the planet. And that there would be a you know, I've lived through now seven points of no return with, with climate change and they just love getting all freaked out that everyone's going to die soon. You know, this trans people are being genocided. What? Um, you know, and then you can have nuanced opinions on abortion, but the way that some of the more extreme leftists, they have really worship abortion rather than just fight for the right to have it. Right. They worship this inherent like ugliness and pessimism about how there's no point of living. And that is disgusting. And for me to view, I'm supposed to view her, even if I can believe that she is misguided and being dramatic, I'm supposed to view her as someone who is in this fight progressing the quality of my life as a trans person, a trans activist, right? When in reality, what you're doing is you're scaring people like me, people who are already struggling with mental issues in other ways. You're also adding in that fear and you're not progressing our mindset to anything healthier. You're not encouraging us to be you know, upstanding citizens that fight for, you know, our dreams and want to live full lives. You're telling us we're in the middle of a genocide. So what's the point? That's what you're doing. And that is sick. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I hate the alarmism and doomerism that you find in so much of leftist politics, but especially on TikTok. It's like a really, really prevalent on there. So one last TikTok I want to get your thoughts on. 
Um, it is time for you to listen up because this person on TikTok has a lesson for you in non-binary linguistics. All right, y'all know what time it is. It's time for more non-binary linguistics. Cause let's be real, we in a different class y'all and I'm still not doing math. All right, coming to class, don't be late. So to start today, we'll be talking about some gender neutral synonyms that you could add to your vocabulary. Instead of saying phrases like ladies and gentlemen or boys and girls, try saying phrases like distinguished guests or beautiful people. Hell, Halloween coming up. You can even say goblins and ghoulies and it would still be inclusive to all genders. All right, this one is for all my Spanish-speaking bilingual baddies out there. The Spanish language is traditionally a gendered language, like many, no shade. The gender-neutral conjugation in the Spanish language is ending words in an E. So with a word like nosotros or nosotras, you would end it in an E and say nosotres, and that would make it gender-neutral. Easy as that. And some people be like, oh, that's breaking the language. Well, bitch, no shade. It wasn't fitting for us anyway, and we not going nowhere, so... Exactly, thank you. Moving on, this last one is extra credit and it's nonverbal communication. If you get this, you get 10 points. <laughs> All right, who got that? I know you got that. Here he is. All right, y'all, class is indeed over. Shogoba. I'll see y'all later. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first of all, th this, I'm conflicted on this because one thing I do love is the gays. In terms of, not in a, in a condescending head pat way, I genuinely enjoy, and I always have my entire life, the company of like a confidently, openly gay man who's not afraid to be whatever level of effeminate is natural in their spirit. Because what's beautiful about that is they don't have to force themselves into any category. They just are themselves. That's why I like that because it's so, you know, transparently honest. But that's the problem. Someone gassed these gays up to believe that because they have that spirit of the gassed up effeminate nature, that that means that now they're in this different category and they are non-binary and they're a different gender and that that makes them trans rather than just, again, it's abusive in terms of you're telling them that it's not okay to just be gay. They have to find these other labels when in reality, baby, you're just a feminine gay man. And I love that for you. You should love that for you as well. Yeah, I, I actually completely agree. Like, he seems funny. Like, I I, I, have, yeah. I am not somebody who's going to judge you because you're a man and you have nails or because you no. are sassy. Like, whatever. Do whatever you want. Like, <laughs> LOL. But, um... Most of what he said, though, is like either ridiculous. Like, so I minored in Spanish. I'm not fluent, but I do know that if you went up to somebody and said "nosotros," who's a native Spanish speaker, they'd look at you and be like, "The fuck." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you can't just colonize their language in the name of gender neutrality. That's the word. Hi. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Spanish. You know, I don't speak Spanish. But I do know that it's a gendered language. Like from what I've heard, even like the word like coffee table has a gender to it when you speak it in Spanish. Like I've, that's true, right? Is that yes, true? yes? It, everything yeah. is either masculine. So it's like right. So it's like no. So nothing you're saying makes sense on even like a logical level. And then also, 
just be you because all that confidence and the joy that I do see in you actually does get overshadowed by the clear lack of confidence that you are searching for these other labels and you are searching to control others through language, which only comes from the place of someone who is trying to grasp onto power because they feel powerless in their own life. So I hate to psychoanalyze all these people, but I'm just, I'm into doing that lately because I feel like it explains so much of their behavior. Once you start understanding why they're doing it, they try to control you through language because they have no control in other areas of their life. That makes sense. And the other thing too is like simultaneously the world is falling and the sky is falling. And also like their pressing problems include the terms ladies and gentlemen. It's like it really can't be both. Right. No one has time to give a shit about that. Just being honest. I mean, no one has the time for that. I'm trans and I don't have the time for that. Like, who can? All right, Blair. Well, it has been a blast having you back on this show. Uh, thanks for joining us again and keep up the great work doing damage control on this community. Thank you for having me and let's do it again soon. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for watching this episode of Damage Control and thanks for supporting the show in its rapid growth. If you're new here, consider subscribing, liking, commenting on YouTube or Facebook, wherever you're watching us. And if you're listening on audio, please take a second and rate us and review us on Apple or Spotify so more people can discover this show. Without further ado, I'll see you all next week.